to you, EBO. Thank you, Tony. All the people in the world have a different idea of what might have been going on, but we're going to talk to now a former Army Intel specialist in cyber warfare and a Republican candidate in West Virginia, Mr. Joe Early, about what might have happened when all of our cell phones kind of outaged on us. Hi, Joe. How you doing? Hey, good morning. How's everything in Missouri today? Everything's fine. We're going to have a, a epic wind, but other than that, we're doing good. So great. I know you're running for office out in West Virginia, and people are like, why would we want to have him on here? I'm like, because he's former Army Intel specialist. So this either could have been somebody pushed a wrong button, or it could have been a precursor to them testing something that could shut down our ability to speak to each other, which I don't know about you, Joe, but in my opinion, it makes a landline sound pretty damn good. Uh, yes, it does. And, you know, uh, across our country over the last, I'd say, 10 to 15 years, uh, we've seen of a, an increase in cellular mobile communications and, um, you know, the other day uh, I was at CPAC when this outage occurred, and uh, being a cybersecurity uh, engineer, one of the first things that, that kind of struck me as kind of odd was it only impacted AT and T. Um, you know, and you but, saw but some it of didn't. the discussions it, that it didn't though. It affected Verizon and several others as well. I think that that may have just been residual impact uh, from. Uh, calls it from uh, those other carriers. Uh, the problem seemed to generate from AT&T. Um, and what we look at, you know, cellular, uh, if we look at it from a technology standpoint, does not use satellites. It uses uh, a distributed network uh, tied into trunk lines, basically the same trunk lines and, uh, and core network pieces that supply land lines. Uh, they operate off of that, and then, you have a distributed network of cellular mobile towers. So, but this outage, uh, you know, some of the first discussions came up was as a solar flare, and I thought that was so absurd to even hear that. Uh, but uh, you know, so my 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 thinking started going back to from a disaster recovery uh, perspective is how how many people is this affecting across the country? And uh, you know, at, at that point in time, we didn't have any of the metrics uh, that were coming across of how how deep it was affected. But one thing that was very, very concerning about this incident, it was almost one year to the date that we had a, a balloon with Chinese technology that was flying across our country. Yeah. And, and when you look at hack, hacking and uh, advanced persistent threats that, the, uh, that we're fighting on a daily basis, and uh, an advanced persistent threat is known they're, they're normally nation states, China, Iran, North Korea, so forth. So it's one year to the, almost one year to the date that we have a Chinese balloon flying across our country. Well, that's how hacking starts. They do reconnaissance, and then they find targets of opportunity. But AT and T is very interesting about AT and T being the uh, the uh, target of this uh, potential attack, and it's probably yet to be proven. So I'll use the word potential attack. Is uh, AT and T has a uh, the FirstNet, which is for the American infrastructure for first responders across America, police, fire, EMS, and FirstNet is part of that core network of AT&T. We were getting reports that uh, there were police officers, uh, police departments impacted, and so forth, so on. So, yes, this was a uh, a critical incident in our nation's infrastructure. 
when you have a, a, a major carrier such as AT&T impacted. And it could have been simply a software glitch. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you want to error on... Yeah, you want to err on the side of worst-case scenario because in their after-action reviews, uh, and I think that they should be completely transparent with this, is when you say a software glitch, when when code is developed uh, and run is run through the cybersecurity uh, protocols, they run through uh, DevOps and testing, and, and there's extreme testing goes on before a deployment into the production network. So any glitches would have been found in during testing. Uh, so yet to be determined, uh, and I'm sure they're working hard at it, but nonetheless it's still concerning that a major network, uh, major communications backbone of the United States for the citizens, corporations, and our first responders was failed, failed for over for four to five hours. Uh, and then they had uh, the disaster recovery plan uh, picked up some of that slack. We but see, that's very concerning. It is, and, and it was very concerning for the people who couldn't get their phones to work because they had jobs to do and places to be. And um, I was closing on my house that day, so people turned into Lewis and Clark trying to find their way to places they'd never been before. Um, but I, I, I can't help but wonder, because conspiracy theories are always out there about every little thing, but year to the date for the Chinese balloon, I get that that makes sense when you look at it as far as who our enemy would be when it comes to technological attacks, it would most likely be China or Russia. But there's no way to prove that. So how do we how do we stop it if we can't even prove it? Well, it, that's why I uh, invoke the uh, advanced persistent threats. Uh, you know, it was just a little over three weeks ago, the FBI director came out and publicly stated to the nation, that China was going to start attacking residential and commercial infrastructure. Now, typically, you, you think a nation state, well, why in the world would they go after infrastructure at, at, at uh, the residential level? Well, what supplies a lot of the networking across the country is mobile communications. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that was a prime vector for this attack, the potential attack. Uh, and and there are there are many ways that and that's why I said AT and T should and should be compelled by Congress to disclose and be completely transparent with this information because they have the ability to know exactly where this uh, failure generated from. Right. If it was if it was an an, an attack from a nation state or a uh, a group of hackers. They will be able to pull that information from their their uh, activity logs for their computer networks and pull that out as, as evidence. It should be and should be uh, compelled by Congress to maintain that information so that this can be addressed and looked at. And if it was simply just a software glitch or a failure from inside their network, it should still be disclosed. They're a major American corporation, international. I, uh, and they should be compelled to disclose that. Right. But we live in a world where this administration can't tell the truth about what time it got up in the morning. So um, this is not something that they would allow to come out in an election year. Well, um, and, and, and that's quite shameful. 
mm-hmm. on this administration uh, because, but that is their uh, their modus of operation. As you can see, this uh, and I don't. I know we're not talking border, but you know when you start talking communications infrastructure, military aged males coming across the border, Chinese balloons conducting reconnaissance in our airspace, our national sovereignty is at risk. You know, it doesn't. This is not conspiracy theories. These are connectable events that potentially have impact on a larger scenario. And this is the way that investigative minds should be looking at this that are sitting at the federal level and at the state level. They should start looking at why all this is occurring and, and why this administration is allowing it to occur. And how do we stop it? Because he let that balloon fly over every valid place that it wanted to and take as many pictures or collect as much data as it wanted to um, and then shot it down over the ocean with the lame excuse of I didn't want it to hurt anything on the ground, which is silly because it's a balloon for crying out loud. We could have cleaned it up in an hour. But why would they not do something about it? Well, this administration, um, you know, they you know, this administration is failing at every point to protect America. Mm-hmm. Well, they're they're yeah. failing to enforce constitutional law. They're fe- they're they're on a witch hunt uh, against a poli- uh, against President Trump to uh, subvert his campaign uh, to become the next president. Uh, you see the the lawfare that's going on across using a a, a two tiered justice system. Um, I mean, look, we just had a Venezuelan national. That yeah. was already on the radar. That took the life of a 22-year-old young woman, nursing student in Athens, Georgia. Took her life, and blood is on the hands of Joe Biden and Mayorkas for their failures to protect America. Well, and it's not the first one. I mean, and, we this has been going on, and sadly, even when Trump was president, while well, he was trying to slow the ebb and flow of people coming across the border. Um, with with laws to try to keep them in place and slow the flow. We need to just shut it down. We need to just have doorways where they can get through. The walls are not there to keep people out. They just need to go through the door. That's that's my whole idea on this thing. But right now, the way that it is, um, that young woman would be alive today if we would do something about the border. But this attack on AT&T, if it is a precursor, Joe, a precursor to what? What's next? Well, like I said, AT&T is the backbone for FirstNet, mm-hmm. uh, which is a which is a uh, emergency services communications backbone for first responders across this country at different levels. Okay, municipal, federal, uh, corporate level. Uh, disaster recovery and incident response is all tied together. It's not siloed for just the state of Missouri or the state of West Virginia. Mm-hmm. You have infrastructure that 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 uh, is linked to that for first responders of the multiple counties that you have within the states, the multiple cities within those counties rely on that backbone. If that back communications backbone for emergency response is, is taking out, completely taken out, and there is an attack, a kinetic attack in a geographic region of the United States that those first responders would respond to, how would they know it's occurring? Their delayed response or no response would be impacted by a lack of communications. To, to and, and then you cannot have 
the residential and civilian population to be able to make those phone calls either. Well, so, and, yeah, this has a ca- cascading issues. Yeah, and I don't understand why they're doing away with the landlines because that's our that's our last point of access when all the towers do stop working, so, and they're making them so expensive that normal people can't can't keep up with the cost of them. But they they are the only thing that's going to work if everything gets zapped. Right, uh, and and that was one of the uh, was one of the. Um, uh, scenarios that was painted the other day. It was just well as an EMP, uh, potential EMP, uh, potential solar flare. Well, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have hit just one major carrier. It would have right uh, fried everything electrical that that it could have touched right. uh, that was in operation. So we we have to we have to bring this into per, into the proper perspective of like you said, uh, you know, software glitch or um, a, a an actual attack on a network. Um, Yet to be determined. I think AT&T has to uh, present full disclosure to Congress and to the American people of, of why this occurred, how it was allowed to occur, and why the response was so slow in restoring communication. And because uh, for, our president doesn't even know where he is. But, okay, I have one minute yeah. left. Why do you want to run for Congress? What is, what is it you'd like to do? I have one minute exactly. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. I'll make this quick. I'm a retired Army veteran. And now I'm a cybersecurity engineer. Uh, I never would have thought that I would be running for Congress. But what we need is more veterans who love our country and respect the Constitution and respect the American people and the fabric of our nation. We have a, we have to secure our borders. We have to have people who have the know-how and the knowledge of what it takes to secure our border. And we actually need a five-year moratorium, going back to your previous point, a five-year moratorium on immigration, except for those that are legally already in the pipeline. Talking about shutting it down, we need to shut it down. So when President Trump uh, starts the deportation plan, we ha- we know how we can sort this out. Right. And lastly, American uh, American Energy, West Virginia is one of many states uh, that, that that supplies America its energy resource, and we need to maximize that with uh, with nuclear power across this country. We need to stop this green energy. We need to stop the Build Back Better plans, the Inflation Reduction Acts, and all of this alternative energy resources that are tearing up our country. Well, you need a president who's going to listen as well. You need a president who will listen to you, Joe. Good luck to you, sir. I appreciate you being on the show. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Former Army Intel Specialist. Now he's in cyber um, security, and he's a specialist in cyber warfare. Republican candidate out of West Virginia. His name is Joe Early, spelled with an E-Y at the end. Good luck to him.